In this session of Look at the Book, we are going to focus on verse 13 of chapter 4, and the question that this verse forces us to ask, if we're looking closely, is what's the relationship between our joy in suffering with Jesus now and our joy in his glory later? And the way we're going to try to answer that question is looking at the all-important little connecting words in verse 13 and, and in a few other verses. So, Father, we want very, very much not to hear the horrible words at your coming, depart from me, I never knew you, you workers of iniquity. We want to hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant, welcome, come on into the joy of your master. We want to rejoice when your glory is revealed rather than calling for the rocks to fall upon us. So come and show us the connection between that last experience and this present joy in suffering. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's look at it in connection with verse 12. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal, fiery trial, when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. So do not be surprised. What should you experience instead of being surprised? Sullenness? Sadness? Oh, here it comes again. Being a Christian gets you all persecuted and in trouble. No, do not be surprised, but rejoice. Rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings. That you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. And remember, one of the things I like to do is, and I find it so helpful, is to take a verse and break out the various pieces and then focus in on each one and then focus on their relationships. So rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. And then I like to take the verse 13 or whatever verse we're working on and break it out in the in those pieces so we can see them on separate lines rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings in order that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed and when you break things out like that you step back for a minute and look for patterns or you can bore in on the particulars Or you can do it in circles. You can do it either way. And here's a pattern that leaped out at me. Joy in response to suffering. Joy, suffering. And rejoice and be glad. This is kind of a raising of the intensity, it looks like. Rejoice and be glad in response to glory. So those are two pairs. Rejoice when you share his sufferings. Rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. Now, now before we ask about the relationship between those two units, we just pause and think, so Christianity involves sufferings now and glory later. And and we pause and we say, have we seen that before in First Peter? 
or will we see it in 1 Peter? Well, here we are just half a dozen verses later, chapter 5, verse 1. Peter says, I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder (coughs) and a witness of the sufferings of Christ as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed. Oh, so this is not at all unusual in 1 Peter to think in terms of a a two-stage sufferings of Christ and glory of Christ and we share in the sufferings of Christ, we share in the glory of Christ. Or, and you remember back in chapter 1, verses 10 and 11, concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully, inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them, in those prophets, was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. This is remarkable that that Peter, at least three times in this letter, maybe more often, he focuses on the fact that Christianity moves forward to its consummation through the sufferings of Christ and through the glories of Christ to the consummation. So back here, we also share in the first stage of sufferings with Christ in this time and we will rejoice and be glad in the glory when it comes. So nothing unusual, but wonderfully insightful for Peter to point out to us, that's the way Christianity works. Don't get it mixed up as though all the glory is now. And if you don't get enough glory now, you're just going to leave and say, Jesus, I don't want any more of your sufferings. Thank you very much. We have to be patient in suffering because we know glory is coming, just like Jesus was patient in suffering and was able to experience God has highly exalted him and given him a name above every name. Now the question is, it's the major question, how does this relate to this? Because I want to be there, and I want this to be my experience. Rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. How does my rejoicing now in his sufferings relate to my rejoicing then in his glory? And the answer is right here. You don't have to make it up. This is why these are the all-important little connecting words. All-important Rejoice in his sufferings in order that you might rejoice and be glad in his glory. Which means, this is, how would you describe this? This is purpose. The purpose. So this right here becomes the means, and this becomes the end, or the purpose. Because that's what in order that means. It means that in henna, with the henna clause in Greek, it means it with the in order that clause in English. So I should pursue joy in sufferings, do whatever I have to do to get my heart changed by the power of the Holy Spirit, whose fruit is joy, in suffering, so that I will not be excluded from that end time joy when he comes. And this is not the only place Peter thought in those terms when he said back here in 3.9, do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling. On the contrary, bless. 
avail yourselves of the resources of hope to bless. Out of the resources of joy, bless. For to this you were called that in order that you may obtain a blessing, which is, in fact, rejoicing and being glad when his glory is revealed. So, doing something now for the purpose of enjoying glory later is typical in First Peter. That's just one other instance. So, here's the question. Do rejoice because we have a great reward in heaven or in order to get a great reward in heaven? Everybody knows, every Christian who's familiar with the New Testament knows Matthew 5 in the Sermon on the Mount, 5, 11, and 12. Blessed are you when others revile you, this is sufferings, and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice, be glad now, for, for, not in order that, for, your reward is great in heaven. So it's true. This is this is because, this is cause or ground. We rejoice now because we have a reason to rejoice, namely our reward is, is surely great in heaven. So back here to our verse, rejoice now in your sufferings in order that. So how do we put this together? Um, we could we could do it, do it like this. Um, ground. Let's use a different color here. Ground. Rejoice now in suffering because. Because you do have a great reward. And then purpose, means end. Rejoice now in order that you will have a great reward. Namely, this joy at his coming. Now, how do those fit together? And I would put it like this. Rejoicing. Now, in sufferings, in Christ's, Christ's suffering. Rejoicing with Christ shows, shows, that your treasure is Christ, not the world. And thus it shows that you are born again. Remember chapter 1, 3 through 6? 
Blessed is the God, be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading. In other words, this is sure for all those who are born again in who, who are, by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed. So all of this to show that those who are born again will surely be kept. It's being kept in heaven for us, and we are being guarded for it. You are therefore born again because you are rejoicing in Christ's sufferings now, and that shows your treasure is in Christ and you are born again, therefore, how should we say it? Therefore, your reward is sure. So don't ever be artificial in saying, well, If one part of the Bible says we should rejoice because we have a great reward, and another part of the Bible says we should rejoice in order to, in order to have a great reward, the Bible is contradictory. It's not contradictory. It is sure. We should rejoice that we have one, and our rejoicing shows that our treasure is in heaven. We are born again, and therefore it is sure, and therefore without that rejoicing now in the sufferings of Christ, we don't have any assurance that we will rejoice and be glad when he comes.